Hi, friend. Welcome to Open at the Top. I'm your host, Melanie McCulley. I believe that regardless of what your past looks like, we each have the opportunity to begin again in every moment. I've learned that when we choose love first, the possibilities waiting on the other side of our fear are infinite. Each week, I'll share my own wild and unedited stories of what radical change and transformation can look like, along with having the raw, deeper conversations with inspirational, game-changing guests. My intention is to inspire you and guide you into your next phase of becoming the unique, beautiful version of you that you were always meant to be, and to lovingly remind you that we each have the power to turn our pain into a purpose-driven life filled with joy and meaning. That unfolding journey begins now. All it takes is the willingness to remain open at the top. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Open at the Top. This is Melanie McCulley. Thank you for joining me again. I'm so excited to be with you again. And thank you as always for choosing to hang out with me here as I bust through these first solo casts of mine. This is episode seven. And I have to tell you, I, I may say this each time, but I just have to share it, that each one has felt like a lot to share, but for some reason, this one has taken me a couple weeks to really get out. And so it's a privilege and honor for me to finally get it out of me and to move on, but also to share this portion of my life with you that is funny, it's sad, and it also has a lot of meaning. And it's also around a lot of things that most people, especially women, are not open to speaking about. And I want to debunk a lot of that and make some open, free space for women or men or wh what, whoever to feel comfortable in talking about things that our bodies are naturally meant to do. Which is why the title for today, for episode seven, is I Poop Today. Let's cut the crap and let's finally talk about it. And I was teetering on whether or not I wanted to name it that, but I am going to name it that because first of all, it's my show. And second of all, I got asked that question so many times by my family when I was much younger because of the health issues I had on whether or not I had pooped today. And it was obviously wildly embarrassing at the time, but it became like a normal part of conversation and it became a way of life as far as how I eat and how I live. And so I want to jump right into that portion today about when I was a child and how sick I was. And I was born in 1977. And so a lot of the alternative ways of healthcare and what's available to us now, it was not available then. And again, I was number four out of six children. My mom basically fed an army of people and fed us every night by the night, by the way, we all sat down for dinner as a family every night. And so she had to really plan these things out. And it would basically be what the whole family is going to eat. So when I was born in 77, my mom and my mom and I talked about this extensively a couple weeks ago, so I could get some of my facts straight too. And when I was born, she nursed me until I was seven months old. And I was always really, really colicky and cried a lot. I was a very skinny baby too. She always had fat babies. And she wishes she would have nursed me longer. She said that I was definitely one of those babies that could have been nursed till like they were like two because I just needed it. Whatever that means. I'm not a mom. I don't breastfeed, but she breastfed most of the rest of my siblings. So they were like two. All I know is that they had teeth and they could ask for it in public. But hey, I would probably do the same thing if I had a little one. 
So she stopped nursing me at seven and she said by uh, seven months and by nine months, she said, I started to get really, really sick and like even more colicky, crying all the time, couldn't be comfortable. I had pneumonia two times. This is all around by the time I was like two or three. They had to put me in an oxygen tent uh, a couple of times. Uh, I pictured me in this like plastic covered baby crib where my mom or dad had to go inside of it with me. I'd had bronchitis a bunch of times. I'd had throat infections. I was even tested for cystic fibrosis as a baby, which was a very barbaric type of testing back in the early 80s. Actually, this was in the late 70s. So yeah, my mom really was going through a lot of challenges when it came to me with all these health issues. And my immune system was just wrecked, like nothing would work. And of course, at that time, and you know, I think it's easing up now, but a lot of the doctors would just put me on round after round after round of antibiotics and everything that they tried um, wasn't working. And so I was a little kid that they didn't know what to do with. And that was really stressful for my mom. And so as I was getting older, I was still always getting sick all the time, colds, all that kind of stuff. And then up until I was about five, I had massive behavioral problems. I couldn't sit still. I would have full-blown emotional meltdowns in public. And it was just really, really hard for my parents to navigate this and understand what to do with me. And so they took me to a behavior specialist. And back then they just called me hyperactive and which now they would say ADHD. And so they ended up giving my parents a few different ways to help me learn how to self-soothe at home. And that looked like nightly quiet time in the bedroom by myself, maybe coloring, using, you know, coloring books or markers or doing something creative where I would like have to calm down because obviously, like I said, I grew up in a zoo full of people. So there was very little alone time. And so she got me into painting and doing all those types of things to help me self-soothe and calm down and read and just have quiet time by myself. And of course, she said the first few weeks of them doing this with me, I would just flip out screaming and crying and just wanting to claw myself out of the door. And my mom was never open to putting me on medication. So there was, it was a lot for them to deal with that. And as I started to get a little bit older and once I got in school, the behavior stuff got a little bit easier, although I always struggled in school with being able to focus. I couldn't sit down. I was always talking out of turn. I couldn't raise my hand. Like I was just an ADHD kid, you know, like all over the map, all over the place. I had trouble learning. I had a little dyslexia. still do. It takes me a little bit longer to retain information that I've read. And I definitely do not learn the same way that other kids do in typical schooling. I'm definitely better with smaller classes, more one-on-one, -on -one, more uh, visual and creative types of learning. And so I'm really thankful that my mom got me into painting and ceramics and a lot of craft stuff. So that made me really hone in and focus. Also like tap jazz and ballet and things that would keep me really active and moving. I had a lot of energy. I had a lot of energy and I needed to hone it into something. So that's really what my life was like up until about the age of 11. I was a high maintenance kid on, on every level and then it took a turn. And I'm but you're wondering where does the poop part come in? Well, I'm glad you waited. So here we go. So, <laughs> so when I was about 11, I always had problems before then with constipation and things like that. And, you know, back then food sensitivities, allergies, gluten-free, all the things that are available to us now that are normal, that, are, that, that people speak normally about with nutrition and food. Just, it just wasn't talked about back then. It wasn't. It was actually seen as a little bit woo-woo. 
even back then for people who ate like that, like what the hell is even a vegetarian? Like those were seen as like vegans were about 10 years ago. You know, it was just like, who's this alien person that doesn't eat meat, but still eats cheese. And what does all of it mean? And, and if you were a vegan, like, forget about it. You were a total weirdo. Now that's obviously very different. And we have a lot of flexibility to do, be, eat, take in whatever it is that makes sense for us. And it's not really that big of a deal or, deal or weird deal. There's some people out there that are on a carnivore diet that just want to eat meat all day long. Cool. So I'm coming back, circling back. About the age of 11, I started getting uh, headaches really bad, which obviously you're 11 year old, you're 11 year old, shouldn't be getting headaches. I got really bloated. It appeared that I gained weight out of nowhere, had this big distended belly and the headaches kept going on. And my mom always knew that I had some constipation problems and maybe only went to the bathroom a couple times a week. But again, there was a lot of people in the family to keep track of. And it was just kind of, I don't know, it just wasn't really focused on until I started getting really sick when I started to get really bloated looking and my belly distended and the headaches were nonstop. And I was playing with a little playmate of mine named Tony, who I had a wild crush on when I was little, and I was determined that I was going to marry him. I didn't, obviously, and he's still my bud. But he was the one that gave me the hard truth at the age of 11 when we were outside at the pool, and he told me that I was fat. And I remember just bursting into tears, running inside to him, my mom and his mom. And it was almost like uh, an awakening for my mom. It was like at that moment, she noticed there was like a, a, a change happening and that I had been complaining about these headaches and that my skin looked a little jaundice almost and that yes, I was severely bloated. And so that was really when everything started to change dramatically uh, as far as uh, the focus around my health. So my mom, of course, took me to a regular doctor. They didn't really know what to do. So they passed me on to another type of doctor. I don't even remember what this was type of doctor but they did all these x-rays and other tests on me and they found a mass they saw a mass in my colon area and colon cancer runs in my family it had took out a couple of my mom's uncles on her dad's side i believe and so this was something to be aware of and mom had already been aware of the fact that i'd always been a constipated kid so they were freaked out. And of course, what the doctors knew at the time and the things that they said to her were pretty freaking scary, man. Like they told her that they thought that I might have colon cancer, that this might be a tumor in my colon and that I had to go have more extensive tests done. Anyways, I went through all of that and which was awful. In the meantime, the biggest thing the doctors told my mom to do for me is to have me drink a bottle, okay, a day of castor oil. Half in the morning, half at night. So as this little girl, she would put me up on the countertop and she would like wedge me between her legs and she would like basically force down castor oil to make me drink it. And that's all they knew. They didn't know anything about nutrition. They wanted to put me on an experimental medication. Come to find out the mass in my colon was, uh, yep, poop. And I was just backed up and it was creating absolute toxicity in my body because my body was not eliminating normally. And so my body was literally beginning to become poisonous from me not going to the bathroom normally. And so there's a big problem here. So my mom definitely knew that she didn't want to put me on experimental drugs. She knew that she didn't want me to be drinking castor oil every day. And she knew that there had to be more of a solution here. So she took me to a nutritionist. Nutritionists weren't really widespread in, what was it, 88 at this point, 89, 1989. 
uh, not as much as they are now. And so she took me to this gentleman that she heard about and he, you know, checked me out a little bit, listened to my story, looked at my x-rays, looked at all my tests and immediately was like, this girl has to get off of all processed food, meats, dairy, things like that, because we need to do what's called an elimination diet and really detoxify everything that's been in her body and to see what it is that that that's causing all of this now mind you my mom had taken me to people who specialize in allergies so they did the whole back pin prick on me a few times and you know i was allergic to everything i was allergic to cats dogs dust grass everything you can imagine it was just, it's just, basically my whole back my mom said lit up like christmas lights like i was basically allergic to everything but we had cats and dogs in the house and that didn't do anything she would eliminate certain things and it wouldn't do anything. So she never felt like it was super accurate. So we took obviously all of this to this nutritionist too. And so what happened here is he said, okay, look, we're going to put Melanie on what's called the fit for life diet. And this was an amazing book at the time written by Harvey and Marilyn Diamond back in 1985. So it was fairly a newer book. And this was um, a radical elimination diet. And it was consisting mostly of fresh fruit, vegetables, beans, legumes, basically what we know of as whole foods today, and warm water in the morning, nothing but fruit till noon. And if you were going to eat any type of animal protein, it had to be what they would call clean meats, which would be turkey or chicken or you know fish and things like that. And it wouldn't be combined with a carbohydrate. So this was typically what we would think of now as like a fab diet. But let me tell you what, it was one of those elimination diets where they took out all dairy, all wheat, no meats, no processed sugar, no sodas, nothing with food coloring in it. It was a complete whole way of eating. And with that, the idea was to eliminate, detoxify, and then eventually get you off of any type of medications and to really heal your body through nutrition. So this was my lot in life uh, at the age of 11. And this was a lot for my poor mom to take on with how many kids were in, in, in the house. But she did it. She went full blown. She went through the whole house, cleaned everything out and started feeding me this way. I had to do this every morning, which a lot of people do it now. But in 1989, at the age of 11, most kids weren't talking about drinking a warm glass of lemon water every morning as soon as you woke up. So as soon as I woke up every morning, my mom had a little glass of warm water for her and for me, we did it together. And she did a really smart thing where she took all the lemons from our lemon trees. Remember I grew up in Florida, so we had Citrus City in our backyard. And she would juice all these lemons, I'm talking like buckets of lemons, and she would put them into ice cube trays and put the frozen fresh lemon juice in ice cubes and then put those in gallon bags in our big freezer outside. And so though each cube of lemon, fresh lemon juice would be what we would put in the warm water in the morning and drink that. Kudos, mom, you're smart. Anyways, so that was a really great trick for getting that warm lemon water down, but that alkalined your body and it prepared uh, the bile in your belly for, for digestion, breaking that fast. It's actually a wonderful, wonderful um, habit to get into for anyone each day and only had fresh fruit until noon. And then the rest of the day was mostly veggies and, uh, you know, like pitas and, oh God, it was so awful when I, when I was doing it because at 11, 12, it's just like, that was like a death sentence. But one thing my mom realized is that feeding me this way was extremely difficult just to feed me this way. So she was like, screw it. I can't do it just for one, this one kid. The whole family's going on the diet. So she literally put herself, my dad, and then my other siblings living at home. Everybody was on this diet, fit for life diet, which straight up, nobody was super stoked about it. But 
It literally changed my life and theirs too, as far as health-wise, everything started to change. My health started to change, my skin looked better. To go along with this too, by the way, can't forget this part. When I saw this wonderful nutritionist, he also immediately sent me to see a colon hydrotherapist. Her name was Elaine, she was amazing to get clonics. And if none of you have ever had a clonic before, I've had hundreds of them. Probably won't get them anymore because I feel like I've reached my quota. But at the age of 11, I was getting three colonics a week along with this new diet for, I think, a month. That's how impacted I was. It was so bad. I couldn't go to the bathroom on my own. So she did a lot of trigger point therapy all throughout my belly and on top of my legs. And I do remember hating going in there and doing it. But I do remember being in my mom's van afterwards and feeling so good. Like I had energy and I felt, I just felt so good. So I don't know how my mom did it. My my poor mom. Like this was all new, different types of healthcare too that she didn't even know really much about. She was just trusting that regular doctors were not leading her in the right direction. And I just applaud her for that. I was also put on a lot of different supplements, digestive enzymes, different types of supplemental vitamins, herbs, and teas to help my body uh, eliminate, detoxify, and to supplement in ways where I maybe might not have been getting it from what I was eating before. So what's wild is that all of this began to transform my body. And I was going to the bathroom normally on my own after about two months daily. And this was a new way of life. And I was pooping regularly, I felt better, my headaches were gone, all the bloating was gone, and my body was literally healing itself because of food. And what um, my mom and dad also noticed with doing this is that they had lost a bunch of stubborn weight that they had not been able to lose through, you know, Weight Watchers and whatever, whatever options were available then. And they also were able to get off a few of their medications, which is really what that, that diet was about, the Fit for Life diet, was getting to the point where you can detoxify and radical elimination from your body to be able to alleviate having to take over-the-counter medications for certain things. So this was their experience and it was really very powerful. But again, it's very, it's a definitely disciplined way of eating. And so this really set the tone for me moving forward for the rest of my life. Okay. Are you guys holding in there? Are you guys okay? I haven't said poop too many times yet. I haven't freaked you out completely. Okay. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> so this was interesting. So a couple months, uh, actually probably like six months into me doing this way of eating, my nutritionist said to my mom, okay, so what we want to do here is we want to have a little experiment. We want to see what Melanie reacts to when it comes to certain foods. So we're going to have her have a meal of whatever it is that she wants. And uh, let's see how, you know, how she does with it. So of course, I was super stoked about this. And I wanted pepperoni pizza. By the way, what does that include? Processed everything, wheat, dairy, and meat all in one little pie. So that's what I wanted. So my mom got that. I gobbled it down, loved it, super stoked eating it. And with by that night, by that night, I was horribly sick. I was super, super nauseous. I was all bloated up and I had a headache. And I had a lot of gas and it was just awful. Oh God, this, it just didn't work for me at all. It just didn't. And so then we realized, okay, there's some of the culprits right there. So uh, it was interesting how we did that little experiment. And from there, that's when we really started diving into discovering different little health food stores, uh, little groceries and supplement stores. Remember there, there, there weren't many back then. 
and they didn't have a lot. You know, there was no Whole Foods, there was no Erewhon, there was no Google, you know, and there was no Amazon internet researching these things. It was literally looking in the phone book and driving around and word of mouth about places to go. And that's what we did. And I'm so incredibly thankful for the sacrifice my mom made in order to help me in these ways, to go beyond what the norm was, to seek out other ways of natural healing. And it really has served me through my entire life. And really, when I think about it, I was her most difficult child in so many ways of how sick I was and how many behavioral issues I had and all of that. And everything, the ongoing focus issues I had, and then ultimately later on, a lot of the uh, addiction stuff that I went through as an older kid. Not to say that there wasn't a lot of underlying stress and anxiety and things happening within the household energetically that I do believe that the body grabs onto and holds onto. We have a somatic reaction to things that we've experienced in our life, not only maybe personally, but also energetically with those around us and uh, becomes like a stamp in our in our system, our immune system, our emotional body, our energy body, uh, it gets stored. And so I've done a lot of work around looking at those parts of my energy body and to release different energy blocks that usually show up in my gut. And it's been ongoing work because I not only look at everything from a, a from a pragmatic standpoint, but I also look at everything from a metaphysical, spiritual standpoint too, on why this is showing up, why this is happening. I like I like to look at all of the areas, all of the avenues, all of the options of of how I can better understand what's going on within my mind, my body, and how I can fine tune and shift that and make sense of it. To look at it and to understand that that's not who I am. But there might be some things that I can do that I do have control over that might be able to shapeshift it a little bit and get me into a place of of homeostasis. So, yeah, that was a really big deal when I was a kid. And the fact that she refused to put me on medication and went full force with the behavior modification and food alternatives and health alternatives was just so badass. Thank you, mom. So yeah, so regardless of some of the energetic stuff that I'm very aware of, it was also clear that a lot of my illnesses and behavioral issues also came from food sensitivities from when I was little. And there's so much more awareness about that now. And it's something really to keep keen of. But I do have a funny little story I want to t- tell you about when I was, I think I was 12 and I went to school. That's when I was in that wild uh, private Jehovah's Witness school called Pace. And I had my, I think it was like my hummus and carrot sticks, I think it was. And I went to school and I was trying to trade them with this kid who had Twinkies. I just wanted a Twinkie so bad. And obviously nobody wanted my veggie sticks and hummus. So Mel didn't get the Twinkie that day. I don't think I ever got one. I think everybody kind of knew from the wrath of my mother that if they gave me any of that food, she would freak out. Nobody wanted to see Kathy McCulley freak out. So moving on. So the other thing too is that because I was exposed to alternative healthcare at such a young age and, you know, supplements, herbs, all of that stuff, you know, colon hydrotherapy, all of that, I always, from there, turned to naturopathic medicine, homeopathy, of course, colon hydrotherapists, acupuncture, energy healing, somatic resourcing, and just so many other alternative healing methods ever since. I'm always looking into that and I still use it regularly. I actually had a session today this afternoon for a hypnotherapy and energy clearing session for my body. And it was amazing. And I really think that that's what gave me the little kick in the pants to press record today. So thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. I believe that all of it works. I believe that Eastern and Western medicine have a beautiful synergy when used for the right things. But natural health care is where I always turn first because I believe that that is dealing with the whole problem, the holistic problem, not just the, the surface symptoms like that gets to the core root of what's going on and that's where the healing happens so i'm such a big supporter of always looking into different forms of natural health care i still get acupuncture on a regular basis i love uh, red light therapy i love the the sauna i love the saunas i love all of that I, i'm i'm so into all of it and i encourage it greatly so even after i moved out on my own when i was 17 after drug rehab there was still this part of me that was always looking for support with my health because I always had problems going to the bathroom still. So it would like ebb and flow. So if I really wasn't on it with what I was eating or what I wasn't eating or what type of supplements I was taking, you know, uh, enzymes, how much water I was taking in, like my body would go back to holding on and not uh, eliminating properly, which would then lead to a lot of health problems. So I'm so thankful that I had that because I was always seeking this out. And all, every doctor that I would go to see to go to see at that age would all, was always so surprised that I was at this age and, you know, experimenting with all of this natural health care because it really wasn't widespread yet. And by the way, like I've talked about before, this is one of the beautiful God crumbs, breadcrumbs that I was able to pick up along the way that's helped guide me through my life of, of natural healing through the use of live whole foods supplementation and natural healing alternatives to not only heal my body but to clear my mind and i really believe that the food that we take in either clouds our mind or it allows us to be an open free channel this is what's always worked for me the reason why i know when it's not working is because when i eat like crap and I'm not moving my body and I'm not supplementing properly, then I feel like shit. So there's my answer. I mean, we each are our own laboratories. So we get to experiment with what we eat and what we take in and how we feel and how our body is responding. And that's your answer. And it's a very unique, specific thing. There's not one way that works for everyone. And so this was definitely a way that worked for me. And I know that I was always going to be falling back on this because I did. As I continue to find new ways of learning and living, I always fell back on this way of eating. You know, I still drink my warm lemon water. I still drink a ton of water. I still have a fruit smoothie every day. I try to eat as many raw fruits and vegetables as possible. There's live phytonutrients inside of these foods that are so good for our systems. And I no longer eat meat, just uh, uh, seafood now, which I'll talk about in my next episode. And the journey that I got to with that, my understanding of it. But uh, where I'm at now is just like it's a it's a constant adjusting. So I don't stick with a one same thing all the time. I listen to my body. I remember what happens when I don't eat healthy. I know what happens when I'm not supplementing and when I'm not sleeping well and all of those things when I'm not moving my body because I want to eliminate every day. I want to go poop every single day for me. I feel like every single thing that goes into my mouth that I eat besides water it does have to digest. And so it needs to be moving freely through my system. This allows me to be constantly in a place of letting go and not holding on to the past. Metaphysically, when you look into Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Body, one of the things she talks about is constipation and holding on is a part of holding on to the past, holding on to regrets, 
And there's an affirmation of, you know, I easily let life flow through me and I easily let go anything that no longer serves me. And I'm in a, in a place of this, I, I'm paraphrasing for how I use it for myself. But this is basically what she says is that I'm, I let go freely and I don't need to hold on to any old past hurts or any of my past. I let go and I freely embrace this now beautiful moment. And so that is all, you know, it, it it's taught me so many more things than just how to eat. It's taught me how to look at things in my life that I might be holding on to. And the body responds to that. The body tells us exactly what it needs through the ways that it makes us feel. So I hope that offers you something in that specific way. And I also just want to share this one part too. And the reason why I'm sharing all of this with you is because it's going to make more sense of when I have the guests that I have, because I want you to know about these little, these little pockets of my life about nutrition, about pooping, about different ways of eating, because I'm going to have guests on that we're going to be talking specifically about these subjects. And you're going to be like, now you're going to understand, oh, well, that's why she's talking about it, because she's been there. <laughs> and the reason why I, I named this I Poop Today, to be honest with you, is because when I was, this is probably about close to 10 years ago, my brother Ross, my hilarious little brother Ross, got me a cup. And I'll post the picture of it, but he got me a straight up cup that says I poop today on it. And most people think that's weird, but I didn't. I loved it. I used that cup until literally the the writing fell off of it, outside of it. And I finally threw it away. But I loved it. I used it all the time. I brought it to work with me because I'm not ashamed of it. I think that it's something that uh, I, I don't like the idea that women don't poop, women don't fart, women don't go to the bathroom. Well, I'm not saying that we need to be talking about it in circles and talking about it in the bedroom with our men or whoever you sleep with. But I do feel that it's something that needs to be addressed because it's an epidemic, especially among women. And it's nothing, it's not, it's nothing to fuck with because living on laxatives and living on, you know, stimulants, which is, which is one of the reasons why stimulants worked for me when I was younger, by the way, cocaine, diet pills, coffee, anything that gave me anything that, that was, that sparked my energy my adrenals, I would be able to go to the bathroom. And so I used more of that. And that's just straight up, you know, and a lot of women are hooked on stuff like that. And it's just not healthy. And so it's okay to have the conversation. It's okay to talk about it. Obviously, you need to find someone that you can confide into and have this conversation and, and love your body and support your body and not live on laxatives and whatever else is out there, which is so not natural for the way the body is supposed to eliminate. So I just say that because I've got my girls' backs out there and it's much more of an issue with women than it is with men. And I'm okay to talk about it. I'm free to talk about it. And I'm going to be talking about it a lot with guests because I think it's something that I always want to continue to learn more about. But I also think that other women are hungry to know more about and want to have the conversation, but they don't have anyone to have the conversation with, which blows. So I'm your girl on that one. I'm your go-to poop gal. Okay. <laughs> Last thing I just want to piggyback on, and then I'm going to wrap this bad boy up, is when I was moving into my 20s, probably like in my late 20s, I really gotten into uh, different types of eating because I was so obsessed now with different types of food and food combinations and way of eating. I did the, the, the fat flush plan and I did a few other things just to test out and see. And then when I, then I discovered, and I was really starting to get into fitness. I was really obsessed with the fitness world and getting into being fitness modeling and all that stuff and possibly competing. It was on my bucket list. And then I discovered this woman, a wonderful author named Tosca Reno, and she wrote the Eat Clean Diet. 
And this is another huge game changer for me when it came to my next phase of learning food and healthy living habits. It was more about eating healthy instead of counting calories or trying some short-term fad diet that never sticks and never works. This is like a way of eating, a way of thinking about food. And it's really how I still continue to eat now today. Learning how to eat clean and food prep and all those things, it became a way of life for me and a long-term lifestyle change yet again, like another shift. And I still adopt so many ways of her eating and you know, bringing my food with me, bringing my snacks with me, eating every three hours. Regular daily exercise became a new norm for me. You know, and between the the that health scare that I had and uh, the massive food experience I had at at eleven, you know, I was also able to watch certain family members of mine, specifically my nanny on my dad's side and my dad. They always took daily walks every morning and always exercising, always moving. My French nanny, she was always very aware of eating fresh fruit and vegetables. And she and my grandfather had a fresh garden and always taking walks. Uh, they were very European and that, you know, af- after we would eat dinner, have a meal, we always took a walk around the block, which I loved that. And so I had some really good examples on that end. And we also had lots of fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables growing in our yard and our garden growing up as a kid. And so these were good things that I was able to implement as I got older. And so a lot of this wasn't super foreign to me, which is such a wonderful thing that I had some, I did have some good examples of, of this type of stuff for when I got older to draw from and also being exposed to this way of eating and all of that as a kid. Oh my God, it's just being an independent adult. And as uh, the woman that I've become and becoming, I have all these beautiful things to draw on and to know that I can continue to learn and shift and try new things and not the same thing works forever for everyone. So you can try new ways of eating and moving your body and all those kind of things. And so it's so important to implement these ways of living, not only for yourself, but for your loved ones too. And if it's something that works for you to, you know, to teach those who you love that way too, because it's definitely helped me draw from watching different family members and how they've lived. Some of them I emulate still today and some I do everything possible to not be like them because I see their health issues and what a poor lifestyle has led them to be like and live like and that's not how I want to roll. So those closest to us are our biggest teachers for how we want to be when we grow up and how we don't want to be when we grow up. So I'm sure you can resonate with that. So anyways, with the, with the working out thing, it really was good because then I started learning how to do, set my grocery lists, food prep once a week, have my food ready in the refrigerator. And it really got me into eating three, every three hours, drinking close to a gallon of water every day, moving my body in some way, at least for 20 or 30 minutes or more. And, and I did end up competing in fitness modeling. And I'm so glad that I did. And if I wouldn't have had that background of nutrition and supplementation, discipline already, it would have been much harder for me to go into that lifestyle because it's extremely disciplined. And there's a lot of ways of eating and supplementing and all of that, that really has to come into play in order for you to be successful. So I wanted to share all that with you and hopefully it didn't gross you out too much about the poop situation, but Hey, I'm going to keep saying the word. So just get used to it. It's part of my life. It's part of what I have so many friends that still call me that I haven't talked to them in years or, you know, that'll just call me because they have a question about poop. They know they can talk to me. They know that I've dealt with it since I was a little kid. It was literally a life or death situation, whether or not I was going to the bathroom every day or not. So that's why the title is what it is. I appreciate you listening. 
I'm going to shift into my next episode, which is my journey around when I decided to not eat meat any longer and what that looked like and what my experience was on that. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to me and my story today. I appreciate you so much. Uh, If you love this and if you know someone who might need to hear it, send it on over to them. And I so look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Open at the Top. If you totally dug what you heard today and you found it to be valuable, please share this with a friend. And of course, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions for me or comments, any topic ideas, or if you might even want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at melaniemcculley.com. And please don't forget to connect with me on social media. It's at Melanie McCulley on both Instagram and Facebook. Until next time.